Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to Money for the Rest of Us, a personal finance show on money, how it works, how to invest it, and how to live without worrying about it. I'm your host, David Stein, and today is episode 139. It's titled, Are You Making Financial Decisions Out of Fear? Over the holiday break, I had a lengthy conversation with a successful children's book illustrator who is in his mid to late 30s. He decided to go at that age to dental school with four kids still at home. He just finished his first semester, which he described as a pretty miserable five months. And now he's asking himself, what in the world have I gotten myself into? He is seriously considering dropping out of the program. He agreed to let me share his story in today's show as long as I didn't disclose his name. And that's because he's pretty frank in terms of the details he shares in, in, in terms of his financial situation and just what he's going through. And when I say this illustrator is successful, I mean he is at the top of his field. He has produced book covers for a best-selling children's fantasy series, and over the past decade, he has earned between eighty dollars and $150,000 a year, two to three times the average salary of freelance illustrators. His family lives on about $60,000 per year after tax, and he's been a diligent saver, having amassed about $450,000 in assets. He's worked hard for that income, drawing six days a week, often into the night. But he also loves illustrating as time flies when he is sitting in the chair working, and he always looks forward to returning. He is totally engaged in the work. Now, I know dentists who get that same sense of joy and flow while crafting dental implants. One of them is is my dentist friend who I mentioned in an earlier show had gone to dental school in his 40s with six kids at home. And and that's why this particular illustrator was contacting me because he wanted some contact information for my other dentist friend just to sort of have somebody to commiserate with with life in dental school. This illustrator is passionate about drawing, but not dentistry. But passion for most people doesn't come until, and here's a quote from the book Designing Your Life. It's by Bill Burnett and Dave Evans. And they said, passion doesn't come until after people try something, discover they like it, and develop mastery. This illustrator has mastered drawing. He's put the time in in, in order to be able to do that. And he's not yet at that stage with dentistry. So perhaps, you know, at some point, it's only been one semester, even though it was miserable, maybe he just hasn't put enough time in. And I I had the same experience. When I was in college, I was an undergrad at University of Cincinnati. I I chose business school because I didn't really have a good reason. In fact, 
I just I had a, not a, I just had no idea when it came to college. So I figured college business. I know what a business is. So I showed up orientation. They had a number of speakers. One of them was a stockbroker. He said he made $100,000 a year as a stockbroker. And I thought, I'd like to make $100,000 a year. So I chose to be a finance major. Went through two years of business school. Finally, just I believe I was starting my junior year, I took my first finance class. I hated it. I just, it was boring. We were talking about present value tables. And I remember being in the library, looking at my textbook and decided I'm going to switch majors. So I went over to the engineering school Happened to see a high school friend there. She walked me through what engineering was about, and I realized I'd have to start over in my education. And so I walked back to the business school. And so even though I didn't like it at first, there were elements that I started to like. I liked economics, and I I found I actually liked some aspects of investing and learning about the stock market and individual stocks and how you analyze them. And eventually I got to the point where I mastered it, and then I became passionate about finance and economics. But I asked this particular illustrator, we had been going back and forth on email, I said, why did you go to dental school? He said many people have asked him the same question. Here's how he put it. Why would you want to look in people's mouths all day, they asked him. And he says, if you talk to 95% of dental students, financial compensation is the driving factor. He says, now many seasoned dentists do say they love their patients, which I do believe and would hope to get there one day. But his decision, this illustrator's decision to go to dental school is primarily financially driven. But he gave some, there's many facets to, to his particular decision. He thought that as a dentist, he could work less and have more time for his family and church. He could take more family vacations and be in a better position to help out his children in the future if they struggle with unemployment or other hardships. He admits that illustration can be a bit solitary, and there have been times he's had to leave home for two or three days to go off on his own so he could meet a deadline. He also thought that working with a team would be a great experience, so maybe not so solitary. This illustrator did exactly what Burnett and Evans suggested in their book, Designing Your Life. He visited with other dentists. The authors of that book call these prototype conversations, where you talk to someone who is doing or living the life you are contemplating. You can find out what they love and hate about the jobs, what their days are like, and their career path that got them into their current position. This illustrator has four dentist friends and a brother-in-law who is a dentist. He visited with them, and they seemed to be financially secure and had a lot of balance in their lives. He mentioned one of his dentist friends drove up to his house in a Porsche. And while he doesn't aspire to own a Porsche, he says he occasionally dreams of owning a five-year-old pickup truck. He has also shadowed several dentists during their workday just to see what it was like. He said he found dentistry just okay and not nearly as dear to him as illustration. Bernard and Evans says designing your life is like wayfinding. And we talked about wayfinding in episode 127, investing is wayfinding. They define it as the ancient art of figuring out where you are going when you don't actually know your destination. 
They write, since there's no one destination in life, you can't put your goal into your GPS and get the turn-by-turn directions for how to get there. What you can do is pay attention to the clues in front of you and make your best forward, best way forward with the tools you have at hand. We think the first clues are engagement and energy. Engagement is what this illustrator experiences when he draws. And while he's yet to find dentistry as engaging, ideally there would be some aspects of his studies he felt that sense of excitement, of opportunity. I, I felt it when I was taking some, some of my first economics classes, just figuring out how does the economic world work? And I, I kind of like the game of investing. So even though that first class was, was pretty tough the first few weeks, as I took other classes, there were, there were clues that maybe this is actually something I would be interested in if I could find my right spot in it. Burnett Nevins right. Follow the joy. Follow what engages and excites you, what brings you alive. Most people are taught that work is always hard and that we have to suffer through it. Well, there are parts of any job or any career that are hard and annoying, but if most of what you do at work is not bringing you alive, then it's killing you. So engagement is the first clue as we're looking at what to do with our life. If we're mid-career or if we're we're just fresh out of college. I have two sons that are reading this Designing Your Life book because they're sort of at a crossroads trying to figure out what the next steps are. And they're looking at the clues. When are they most engaged? The other thing they're looking at is energy. They pay attention to which activities sustain their energy as opposed to draining it. Activities where we don't feel completely exhausted and discouraged after a day's work. In my conversation with this illustrator, he didn't mention anything about dental work that excites him that engages him or sustains his energy. It is the stability and financial aspects of dentistry he finds appealing, not the day-to-day work. And I I contrast that to to my friend in high school that loves being a dentist. He was an engineer and, and he studied plumbing. And now in his 40s, he's a dentist and he loves the work. I visited him when I was in Arizona and just, just, excited about it. And, I, and as I spoke with this illustrator over the phone, I just did not did not get that sense of excitement. Now, granted, he hasn't mastered dentistry yet, but as I mentioned, he says it was a pretty miserable five months. And what's attracted to him is his stability in the financial aspects, aspects of dentistry. He said there were times he sat in class this first semester, and he would ask himself, Why am I here listening to a lecture on periodontal disease when I could be home doing something I really love, drawing? And he did draw some during the, during his first first semester, just because he wanted to generate some income. And and that obviously put more stress on him as he was doing some drawing and trying to learn how to be a dentist. When he made the decision to attend dentist school, The illustration business looked especially uncertain with three publishers reducing budgets on projects he was working on and digital ebook platforms were hurting traditional publishing. This was back in 2012 when he first started contemplating becoming a dentist. Then he he spent a couple years getting prerequisites and then applying to dental school and now he did his first 
semester. He said he knew many illustrators who couldn't get any work. He also worried as he got older, he wouldn't be able to sustain his illustration pace as many older illustrators find their incomes drop as they aren't able to work as fast to meet deadlines. From a financial standpoint, he figured he could make $200,000 a year as a dentist after two to three years out of school, working three to four days per week. And that's versus the $85,000 per year he figured he could earn as an illustrator, working six days a week. But the tuition at the school would be $350,000, eating up much of his net worth as he makes his way through school. Because I mentioned he's about $450,000 in assets, about $300,000 in cash. And so the tuition would eat up most of that. But ultimately, his decision to attend dental school was based on fear. He says, the, the biggest facet, however, I hesitantly admit is fear. I know we shouldn't fear, and I battle that daily. The fear originates from the fact that my father, a man who is very humble and oozes charity, had a real estate business that went under about 25 years ago. He never recovered and basically has been without a job for all that time. He has done a few things here and there, but my childhood was filled with financial struggles and relationship turmoil. I saw the damage it did to my parents, and now in their early 60s, they are in a rough spot. My mom being forced to work long hours, and my dad always repairing broken-down cars or a 35-year-old furnace. He says his parents are wonderful examples, wonderful examples as parents and grandparents. They live simply and find happiness in the smallest of blessings. And that's been a great example to him. But still, he worries that his illustration business could, as he puts, take the same turn and my family suffer much of that same financial outcome. Now, I consciously know this could be irrational because I am a different person, but I've been surprised how the events of my childhood forged such strong emotions that are constantly on my mind, even as an adult. It's blown my mind how this anxiety took hold of me to the point that even my shoulder muscles were tiring because they were tense all day long. When looking at dentistry, I thought, if I could have a profession with great stability, worry of my business and complete financial meltdown would disappear. Now, I can empathize how he feels. We Last episode, episode 138, we talked about the availability heuristic. And, and those of us that suffered financial turmoil in childhood, that's a scenario that often comes to mind first, and we gravitate toward it. And I remember as an investment professional, three or four years, years in, I was already partner, and I remember having that conversation with another junior partner. He said, well, what, what if this whole thing just completely falls apart. Do you ever worry about that? Because I, I spent time worrying about complete financial meltdown of our business. So, so I get it. He goes on, can I endure months of intense exams and jumping through many meaningless classes? Yes. Can I endure three and a half more years of the same? Probably. The question here is, I am trading that time and nearly all of my assets to do this. Is it worth it? Before I share with you what I think this illustrator should do, let me tell you about today's sponsors. If you've been using Mint to manage your finances, you know they shut down several months ago. Well, let me tell you about the budgeting solution, the financial tracking solution I've been using for the past number of months. It's Monarch Money. 
Monarch Money is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets like I've done. You can set goals, collaborate with your partner. And now you can get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com David. What I like about Monarch is the ability to customize what I want to see. I have custom budget categories, and then I can go on to the dashboard and see where I'm above trend on some of my spending. I especially like that Monarch will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying Monarch myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com David. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash David for your extended 30-day free trial. We have a brand new sponsor to our show. It's Yahoo Finance. Yahoo's been around for decades. My first email outside of work was a Yahoo email address. But the financial side, I've used on occasion primarily to get data for dividend histories for particular funds or ETFs. But I was pleasantly surprised to get back on Yahoo Finance to see how it's evolved over the years. Now it's really a financial dashboard where you can get an understanding of what's going on with the markets. There are relevant articles from Bloomberg, Reuters, the Associated Press, and the Yahoo Finance team. You can look at the economic events calendar and see which data series are being released that day and what the consensus is. You can see the pulse of the markets at any time by going to Yahoo Finance. In addition, you could see all of your investments in retirement accounts in one place. With Yahoo Finance, you get a consolidated view of multiple accounts. Yahoo Finance serves as a financial hub for your retirement accounts, but also comprehensive financial news and analysis. You need to check out Yahoo Finance, particularly if you haven't been there in a while. Check it out at yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. So this illustrator and I went back and forth via email. And finally, I said, just here, here's my phone number. Call me up. Let's have a conversation because this is a big deal. You're considering dropping out of dental school or perhaps spending $350,000 on dental school. I just don't want to be... I just don't want to do it via email. Let's have a, a conversation. And so we spoke for about an hour. And the first thing we did is he, we walked through how do you use the Am I Saving Enough to Retire spreadsheet? Now, I can't give financial advice, and I did not give him financial advice because I'm not a registered investment advisor. But we had this tool he had already downloaded because one of his, his questions was, I have this assets, $450,000 or so. Will that be enough if I don't touch them or if they just grow that I can live on them in retirement, and so perhaps add a feel a little more secure in my situation. Now, if you remember my insider's guide, you, you hopefully you've already you've tried out this spreadsheet. If you haven't, go ahead and text the word savings. That's S A V I N G S to the, to the number four four two two two, and you can you'll you'll get that automatically immediately, or go to moneyfortherestofus.net. Sign up for my insider's guide. So we kind of walk through that, different scenarios. Just show them how to use it, basically, because I I couldn't go through a whole lot of specifics there. So that was the first start. But then we talked about, you know, are there other ways to build security? And he, he is so talented and has momentum right now. He just launched a book and that he illustrated and wrote 
himself. And, and one of the things he needs to do to get more security is right now he's trading time for money and he's waiting. And I, I have other illustrator friends just kind of waiting, you know, will the business come? And there is some fear related to that. But if he's able to take the momentum he has as an illustrator, build out his, his social profile, social media exposure, build his brand as an illustrator, perhaps launch a course. I mentioned a few episodes ago, maybe a dozen episodes ago, about an illustrator that makes most of his money just teaching others how to illustrate online. And this illustrator said to me, well, somebody's already doing that. In fact, I did a video for the guy that that has the online video training. And I, and I told him, they're going to hire you. They're going to hire you for the work that you've done and the way that you present. And you just need to get out there and launch a course. Start building an audience. Start an email list. Start getting people and share about the process of your work because they want your story. You have a fascinating story. You're a prize or a well-renowned illustrator in dental school out of fear. Teach other illustrators how to manage their fear. You just need to be a step or two ahead of them. This this idea, he's making this, this dental decision to go to school out of fear. And, and I just don't, I don't, maybe he'll fall in love with dentistry. And I don't actually, I don't know what he's going to do. At this point, I, I'm recording this. I don't know if school doesn't start for another two weeks. I'll certainly follow up after record the episode. I don't know what he's going to do. We'll see. But he's, he's sort of in at the cusp of that decision. If it were me, I'd drop out. I have enough momentum. Yes, you've spent $35,000 in his semester, but what a lesson. It's part of exploring. He was prototyping a new life, being a dentist. And as he's learning about it, he's realizing he really likes illustration. And so the key is, how can he continue to illustrate and yet get more security? And I think the way to do that is to build an asset in terms of bringing in other people to teach online, launching courses, other streams of income, and, and I think he can be successful at it because he already has the momentum. He's mastered illustration. He has a name. He's getting business, and he just needs to expand it more. But he's acting out of fear. And there was a post by James Altucher that he talked about fear-based decisions and growth-based decisions. And, and Altucher said, I make fear-based decisions out of insecurity, out of a feeling of scarcity, out of giving too much power to others so they would control my life. The growth-based decisions all resulted in miracles I could not have imagined. With growth-based decisions, you feel it in your body, an expansion of your chest, ideas in your mind, a feeling of confidence increasing, a feeling of freedom expanding. A growth-based decision becomes the story of your life later. A fear-based decision turns into regret. In fear-based decisions, you feel it in your head. I better do this or else. I better go to dental school or my family could be impoverished. Now, we always have to be protecting against the downside. We need disability insurance. We need life insurance. But when we're making decisions, we need to decide, is this a decision made out of fear of something bad's going to happen and I got to do this because I want to get the feeling of security? Because I can tell you, being a dentist, there's, if, you're, if you're a worrier, there's worries as a dentist. What if you get sued? What if nobody comes to be, what if you just 
maybe the business doesn't come. I know dentists that have gone bankrupt. And so it might look like it's more secure, but the reality, if you can, if he, this illustrator can build a business and get many, many clients by teaching them and, and teaching many of them online and doing other things, perhaps speaking, and he's got to figure out his own course. He's got to figure out what engages him and what brings him energy, but figure out a path that it isn't strictly one project at a time, time for money, that he can leverage his skills to teach, leverage the technology, the opportunities that are out there, and he will be perfectly okay. I trust he's going to do well, and but we all kind of have to do that. We have to figure out as we design our life, look for those clues, look for the areas where we're engaged, look for the areas where we have energy. The Design Your Life book talks about setting up doing a journal and sort of tracking those things. I found that in my in my finance career. I hated finance at the beginning in college. And, and there were elements I still didn't like. I found myself at one point out of fear and trying to get ahead of my business, deciding I needed a CPA. And I had taken a few accounting classes. And, and I went to Columbus in the state of Ohio because I didn't have an accounting degree. I had to take a test to learn, to basically to qualify to take the CPA. That was a decision. To be a CPA was a decision driven out of fear. The fear of just not having the skill set working for a company that valued accountants more than finance. Eventually, I stopped that. I passed the test. I could have taken the CPA, but decided, no, I'm not. And that's when I joined my investment firm. And it was scary because I was going from a big corporation to a company with 25 people. And there was a great deal of fear, but I, I was willing to make the jump. And I did, and it worked out. And I followed where I was most engaged. And I, was, I liked investing. That was the side of finance that I liked the best. I didn't like corporate finance. Corporate finance was boring. I did it for a year. I did budgeting. And I just didn't care for it. And so I went to an area within my domain that I found the most engagement and the most energy. And then I built step by step from there as I followed the clues. I continued to do the same thing today launching a podcast, launching an education site, little by little, finding the clues, and that's how you build a career. And as you look back, it looks like, well, that's, those are the steps I took. But reality, there are many diff different paths that your career can take. The trick is to do something that makes you feel alive, not something that you're bored, spitless, and, and ultimately are discouraged most of the time. Now, we'll have failures. And we got to learn to accept failure. We fail and we fail often, as Seth Godin has says, and that's what we got to do as part of that process. So that is episode 139. Are you making financial decisions out of fear? I'll circle back at some point with this illustrator dentist, see what he decided to do. And But you can get show notes for this episode at moneyfortherestofus.net. That's also where you can sign up for my insider's guide and I'll send you valuable content, including that in my Saving Enough to Retire spreadsheet or text the word savings to the number 44222. Everything I've shared with you in this episode has been for general education only. I've not considered your specific risk profile. I've not provided investment advice, simply general education on money, investing in the economy. Have a great week. <music> 